The readings from Matthew chapter 6, verse, starting at verse 25. It's on page 971 in the Church Bible. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendour, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Thank you. Let's keep that bit of God's word open in front of us, and uh, I'm going to pray as we uh, come to turn our attention to it. Heavenly Father, you know each one of us. You know that each one of us worries, that some of us worry a lot, uh, others of us worry sometimes, uh, but this is not something that anybody is fully free of. And so we pray that you would help us, that by your Holy Spirit, you'd help us to understand these words, help us to believe these words, and help us to put them into practice as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, some bits of the Bible are um, a bit complicated. They can take a bit of time to wrestle with and work out what the main thing is. This is not one of those passages. This is very obvious, I think. Jesus gets to the point and then he repeats it over and over. Do not worry. Do not worry. If you get nothing else from this evening, you can get that. Jesus says it, and he says it three times in our passage. So verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry. Verse 31, so do not worry. Verse 34, therefore do not worry. Have we understood that message? Have we got that? Does Jesus want us to worry? No, he doesn't. Do not worry. Now, he hasn't just blurted that out at random. We're in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, what we've called the best sermon ever. And it's all about what it looks like to be living God's way, not in just shallow outward religiousness, but in deep inner righteousness that kind of changes our character. It changes how we think. It changes our mood. It changes everything about us. And last week, we heard about how it impacts money. And Jesus was saying, well, part of this deep character-changing righteousness is that we serve God. We don't serve money anymore. We store up treasure in heaven, not treasure on earth. 
In other words, we put God first. Not wealth and possessions and belonging and stuff. We make God our treasure. We put him first. Now, we might uh, hear that and think, well, that's okay. I'm not serving money. I'm not storing up vast wealth. Chance would be a fine thing. I'm barely making ends meet. Well, that's where this passage comes in, perhaps. If we're saying, oh, I couldn't possibly be serving money. I don't have enough of it to serve. Well, maybe you're worrying about it then. (laughs) Maybe we're showing where our treasure is, not so much by all the wonderful things we have, but by what we worry about. It isn't just people with a lot who might be too focused on stuff. It might be you and I worrying about stuff, worrying about basic necessities. In verse 25, about what we will eat or drink or what we'll wear. When Jesus is telling us to put God first, to treasure him above everything, that is actually an invitation to stop worrying, to stop worrying about all these other things Get your priorities straight. Let's focus on God and put him first. And all the other things that we might worry about, they slot into place. They'll take care of themselves. God will take care of that. You just put me first, says God. That sounds a bit scary. I think it sounds a bit scary anyway, this idea of saying put God first. And you think, well, if if I'm going to serve God, not money, who's going to take care of the money? Surely I need a little bit of earthly treasure at least. At least I need enough to pay the bills and enough to keep food on the table, keep clothes on my back. There's so much I need to think about. And Jesus says, no, put God first and don't worry about anything else. Do not worry. So I wonder what you're worried about. It might be food and drink and clothes and how you're going to pay the rent. It might be health concerns. It might be work problems or relationship issues or or it could be anything, anything it is that we might worry about. Jesus says to us this evening, do not worry. I wasn't having a, a brilliant week, to be honest, not in terms of what was happening. There were lots of things happening that lots of reasons to be encouraged, just generally how I was doing in myself. I wasn't feeling brilliant, very focused on all the things I needed to get sorted, do this, that and the other. I've got the sermon to do and this morning and the evening and the, I was feeling quite stressed about it. Thursday morning I was working on this again, the sermon, and it just hit me, just shut up and read it again. What does he say? Do not worry. How ironic would it be to be stressed out about writing a sermon on worry? It is so easy for us to know this. Jesus says, don't worry. Yep, 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 yep. And not to actually let it soak in so that we do not worry. But fantastically, Jesus doesn't just tell us not to. He gives us reasons not to as well. And for the rest of our time, I want us to sort of see uh, three strands through what he's saying, three reasons that he gives why we shouldn't worry. The first one, um, a very simple one, is that worry is a waste of time. Worry is a waste of time. It doesn't actually help, does it? See that in verse 27? He says, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No. No. If you're worried about your health, does that make you healthier? Does it make you live a bit longer? No, it actually tends to make you worse. (laughs) Stress makes your life shorter. And an hour spent worrying is an hour wasted. It's useless. It didn't actually achieve anything. It's just living in the future and all the terrible things that might happen instead of 
living right now. And, and verse 34 later on tells us, tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus is saying in a sense that every day has a portion of trouble. There is no day that will ever be trouble free. Every day has a portion of trouble. And there's enough trouble to be getting on with right now without reaching into tomorrow's portion and trying to dump it onto today's pile. Tomorrow, let's think about tomorrow, tomorrow. Let's just deal with right now, right now. Let's go one day at a time. Let's trust God one step at a time. Deal with next year, next year. And focus on now. Because worrying is just a complete waste of time. Now that's good advice. Whoever you are, if you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, that is generally true, isn't it? That it's not really helping you worrying. But the real reasons, the meat of this, are reasons that actually help us not to worry are especially for believers. What Jesus says here is specifically sort of exclusive comfort and help only for Christians. So if you are not trusting in Jesus, uh, listen in on what could be true of you, but it will only be true of you when you come to trust and follow in Jesus. And this is the big thing, the big reason not to worry is because God is your generous Father. God is your generous Father. If you are trusting in Jesus, you've been adopted into his family, and God, our maker, becomes our Father. And that should change absolutely everything, because he's a good Father. He's a generous Father. He is kind. He is loving. Verse 32 says, Of all the stuff that we worry about, your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He knows about it. He cares about it. He is on it. And he's already given you so much. I think that's the logic in verse 25. I was looking at verse 25 about um, saying, is, life, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? I was thinking, well, well, on one level, that's just saying, look, there's, there's far more important things to worry about than these things. But I think actually what's happening here is it's saying, look, is life itself more important than food? Yes, it is. <laughs> is having a body a bigger gift than clothes to put on that body? Obviously, yes. <laughs> well, your father has already given you those bigger things, hasn't he? He's already given you life. He's already given you a body. Do you think he's now going to skimp on the smaller things? The little bits that you need for the ongoing keep upkeep of that body in life? No, of course not. You, a, a similar argument is made in Romans 8, where Paul says, Look, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? He's saying, look, God is so generous. He has already given you the bigger gifts of life, and now new life in Jesus, he has proven himself to be very, very generous. You can trust him for the other stuff you need. Do not worry. Do not worry about that. God is our generous father. And then Jesus uses some examples from nature. And again, he's saying, look how generous your father is. Do you think he's going to neglect you when he is this generous with creation? So verse 26, when he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? 
birds don't grow their own food. They don't save it for a rainy day, but they get what they need because God gives it to them. And they're just birds. We are much more precious to God than a bird. So we're being told here, look, don't worry about your food. God will provide it because he is a generous father. And what about clothes? Well, verse 28 to 30. See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown on the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Flowers are some of the most beautiful things in the world. When we want something to look nice, we plonk some flowers on it because they are just beautiful. A garden of flowers is more gloriously dressed than the greatest king or the, the celebrity on the red carpet. Flowers are just beautiful. And we're being told, look, that's how God clothes the grass. Just sprinkles these little beautiful things all over the place. Grass that's only going to get mowed and thrown on the bonfire. How much more valuable are you than grass? I hope we can agree that each one of us is more important than grass. But if we can get our head around that, see how much more he will make sure that we are sorted out. Because God is our generous father. We do not need to worry. And this isn't telling us not to work. He's not saying, well, the, the grass doesn't labor or spin, so you don't need to labor or do anything. No. Uh, as, uh, as the author Josiah Holland said, God gives every bird its food, but he does not throw it into its nest. There is a certain amount of activity required on our part, but we don't need to worry about it because God will give us what we need. I was reminded of a poem that uh, my friend Geraldine used to quote sometimes when she was a little girl and she always used to sort of rattle it off and sort of apologize for it being a little bit twee and it is a bit twee but I really like it uh, it's overheard in an orchard I don't know if you've heard this one before so said the robin to the sparrow I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so said the sparrow to the robin friend I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me it is a little bit twee but it gets that idea of saying, actually, look, why are these people rushing about worrying? Oh, it must be that they don't have a father like we do. Actually, we do. Actually, we do. In verse 26, it is your heavenly father who feeds the birds. He is, he's not their father. He's our father, and he feeds the birds. And the logic here is like, going, well, look, if, if your mum bothered to put seed out for the birds in the garden, she's not going to forget to feed you children, is she? God is our gracious abundantly, extravagantly generous Father. That's just what he is like to all that he has made. How much more will he be like that to you, his children, who he loves? And so, worry is not trusting him. Worry is not trusting him. Now, I don't say that to, to make you feel guilty and just say, oh, goodness me, now I've got to worry about that. No, this is saying, look, as we see what worry is, it helps us not to do it. As we see that worrying is the opposite of trusting. 
Martin Lloyd-Jones put it like this, the trouble with us is that we do not realize that we are children of our heavenly Father. If only we realize that, we should never worry again. Because we'd know it, wouldn't we? We would know deep in our bones, he is in charge, he loves us, he will look after us. The birds in that silly poem knew it, but do we actually know it deeply? Or are we just the same as the rest of the world who don't know God? Verse 31, it says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Jesus is saying worrying is a characteristic of unbelievers, not of God's children. Now, I say this as one of God's children who is very much prone to worrying. So it's not saying if you ever worry, that is, not, that is proof that you're not a Christian. It's just saying when you worry, you're not really acting like a Christian at that point. To worry is to focus on the same stuff that non-Christians would focus on. It's to prioritize what they would prioritize. It's to act like an orphan who needs to fend for himself when we are actually the beloved children of God. There's a little throwaway phrase at the end of verse 30 which I think diagnoses our problem. When Jesus calls us warriors, you of little faith. As I said before, he's talking to Christians. He's not talking to you of no faith. He's saying when we worry, we, are, we have little faith. We have a small faith that is confined to small areas of our lives and leaves all our big worries untouched. Do you have a tiny faith? Do I have a tiny faith? Maybe the kind of faith that is just focused on salvation, and by all means, that is fantastic, but it's, a, it's just focused on that. We trust that he's going to save us in the end. Anything between now and then, I, I don't know. I don't trust him in the details day by day. Our little faith that might work on Sundays and in a Bible study setting, but in the vast majority of our life, we're thinking and behaving and striving and worrying just like everybody else. Let's not be satisfied with that sort of mini faith. Let's really live like Christians as we worry less and as we trust him more. As one person put it, not just believing in Jesus, but believing Jesus. <laughs> believing him when he says stuff like this, <laughs> that we don't need to worry because God is our generous Father. I said at the start, Jesus' message is basically, put God first and don't worry about anything else. And that's basically verse 33, isn't it? And he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So in a sense, if you want to worry about something, worry about this, make this your obsession. Seek his kingdom first. Live with Jesus as king. Seek after this kind of righteousness, this sort of godly living that Jesus has been talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. Really take that seriously. Make Jesus' priorities our priorities. And when we do that, we find that it's actually part of an amazing package deal, that all those other things that we were worried about get thrown in for good measure. It's very counterintuitive, isn't it? It's sort of saying, if you focus on all the earthly stuff like everybody else, you may well miss out on it, and you'll certainly miss out on peace. But when we stop worrying about it, we start prioritizing God, 
He gives us what we need anyway. <laughs> Worry really would have been a waste of time, wouldn't it? We can trust him. We can trust him more and more as we get to know him more and more, as we see more of his character in his word, as we take his promises and really take them to heart. I don't know what it is that worries you, what it is that stresses you out or keeps you up at night. Whatever it is, let's take comfort from what Jesus says here. Let's let our fears be challenged by what Jesus says here. Because it is very simple, isn't it? It's, it's simple to understand. It's very, very hard to do. But simple to understand that we, we should not worry. Shortly we're going to have a chance to talk a bit together about some of these things. Uh, but in the meantime, let me, let me pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you are our Father. And that you promise to provide for us, your children. So I pray that you would help us to trust you more and more and to worry less. To not be people of little faith, but people who know you well and so who trust you with every part of our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.